Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. It is me, Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here. Carol, I'm actually in Los Angeles. Today. You, I forgot you are. Yeah, I hear a lot of talk. I've got, I've got the West Coast covered today. You've got it all covered. Hey, listen, also, um, apparently Equifax, though, didn't have everything covered. A no. massive breach. Uh, over the last week, and we're going to dig a little bit into that, uh, some of the implications uh, and maybe the future for the company. But uh, let's get back to your top business stories and an update on today's trading session. Here is, once again, Charlie Pellet. Thank you very much, Carol Masser. And again, welcome back. You mentioned Equifax shares down again today, dropping 8.2%. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, they're all higher. S&P on track for a record close. The dollar strengthened. Treasuries tumbled as investors piled into riskier assets after Irma brought less damage than forecast. Also, North Korea failed to exacerbate tensions. Stuart Wather is equity derivative strategist at BNP Paribas. You know, what I think this event really signals, you know, both both the relief rally on the back of hurricanes not materializing as badly as we thought and potentially also the you know, lack of escalation of a North Korea crisis over the weekend, you know, what that potentially means is that we might go back to that extremely low level of vol after this weekend. So I think you know, as far as kind of the markets being on edge, this may signal the end of that moment. And the VIX is down 10.9%. Now the numbers of the close of floor trading on the NYMEX brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. West Texas Intermediate Crude down 1.3%, high, or up 1.3%, higher by 60 cents a barrel, 48.08, uh, closing above $48 a barrel. Brent crude, a little changed at 53.81 for a barrel of Brent. Natural gas, by the way, up 2%. Gold down 16.20 the ounce, now pulling back by 1.2% to 13.31. The 10-year down 19.30 seconds, yield there 2.12%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets right here on Bloomberg Radio. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Yes, Equifax knows plenty about you, and now thanks to their lousy security, everyone knows plenty about you. Uh, Equifax having suffering a, a massive data breach. Joining us to help us understand that, Brad Stone, he's the Bloomberg News Senior Executive Editor of Global Technology. Whew. Can they print all that in your business card, Brad? <laughs> Corey, um, I'm, I'm sitting in your chair here in San Francisco. How's it working out for? I haven't sat in that chair in quite pretty, a while. It's pretty comfortable. Uh, uh, let me let me ask you about this. Um, uh, how much was this a screw up of Equifax, uh, either in the way their systems were architected, or in the way they've managed the uh, the information since the, the the hack was revealed? Yeah. Well, here's what we know. They uh, say that uh, attackers um, penetrated their system sometime between May and July. Uh, they are blaming a problem in the Apache open source server software, uh, something that was a vulnerability that was made known in March, and then that information was updated, updated in September. So it's still not quite clear, was this a new vulnerability the attackers found or the old one that uh, Equifax hadn't addressed? 
But so, so the answer to your question is we don't know. But here's what we can say with certainty, which is Equifax has completely screwed up the response to this. I mean, they waited uh, a month and a half to talk about it, or maybe more. Um, they created a website uh, that they directed people to, where you could enter in a, a fake name and a fake social security number, and it would it would say uh, you were affected. Um, uh, they, you know, there there were executives who sold stock uh, before the announcement was made. We don't know if that was connected, but certainly a terrible, you know, terrible look and pot- potentially an illegal act. And then they've gone; they've, they're selling potential victims on their own uh, identity fraud protection services. So there, there seems to what? be, and well, it's trusted ID, and you know, it's a free year where they, you know, they'll you, you'll be alerted anytime somebody checks for credit in your name. But honestly, it just seems to a lot of people like self dealing and. So they haven't answered the questions properly. They waited a long time. And then the, the protections that they are offering the people that may or may not have been affected, frankly, seem to be somewhat insincere. Brad, these are the people who have our most sensitive data and information and are supposed to ensure that it's secure. And I realize nothing's 100 percent foolproof, but it's almost like a bad skit. <laughs> it's like it, you, that perennial Twitter comeback. <laughs> you had one job it really <laughs> applies here. And sure, I mean, when it happens to Target, you know, you say, well, that's not a technology company. They certainly manage that breach very poorly and it costs the CEO's job. But uh, for Equifax, you know, where all they do is they are that broker between somebody, you know, who's asking for credit and a creditor to go and, and, and quickly check the credit history and see if that's a good loan to make or a good account, to, you know, credit account to take out. And so for them to not really have state of the art uh, protections and then responses when there's something that does happen, yeah, strikes a lot of people as, as uh, as egregious and and you know I have someone my identity was stolen ten years ago and here's the thing I could say about well Equifax. you're not actually Brad Stone no that's right I'm I'm the hacker right now um, uh, who had a you're bit a radio of it could be whatever you want right now Brad. yeah he had a bit of an online shopping problem I will say as I recollect that traumatic event but you know the Equifax. Uh, Experian, TransUnion, the three major credit agencies, they were so hard to deal with. You can never get anyone on the phone. This, you know, the protections all cost money, you know, and, and here it's like they're supposed to be doing the service, you know, to creditors and, and consumers and they just seem to do, they're very bureaucratic. They're not innovative and, and honestly, it does seem like they take advantage of our personal information. So that's why they don't have a, a, a you know, a vault of goodwill stored up for incidents like this. Who is who's the state of the art? Who's managed this right? Yeah, in, in the past, tax or these kinds of things. I mean, that's a great question. I, you know, here, here's the one thing I will say. You know, who's got more information on us than than Google or Amazon or Apple? And you know, obviously, they are Facebook. I mean, they're susceptible to, you know. Individual account hacks and people give up their passwords and you know and they but in terms of like ha- you know hackers going and scooping up great vast amounts of consumer data from the big tech companies you have to say that they've actually remained pretty much protected and they encrypt their user data and they think smart and 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 they're probably not using open source tools you know uh, on, in their most you know key. You know, they're the most key uh, and potentially vulnerable parts of their infrastructures. And so I don't know. I mean, you know, something like Amazon Web Services, it's had its problems. But you have to say in terms of safeguarding consumer data, they've probably done a pretty good job. So what are we as consumers um, supposed to expect out of these companies going forward? You know, I, I mean, uh, Aquifax has taken such a bath, not only in 
respect to PR, but their stock price, and now could be an SEC investigation into these executives who sold the stock. I mean, I think this is a great warning to the rest of the industry that you have to raise your game. You know, first of all, in their use of open source software, um, you know, it, it, it obviously comes with great advantages, but also great risks. And then, too, in responding to some of this stuff, and, you know, Equifax had months to consider this and to create this website that had so many obvious flaws to it. I think there's now, you know, investors, the media, and consumers are just going to demand, uh, a, you know, a more astute response to incidents like this. And look, I mean, it could cost, you know, the Richard Smith, the CEO, his job. I mean, that has been uh, the history right. with situations like this. And so I think you're, we're, we're going to have to see companies get better at managing this. All right, Brad Stone, thank you so much. Senior Executive Editor of Global Tech at Bloomberg News. Let's get a check on your latest World of National News headlines. Let's head on over to Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nathan. Carol, thanks. It may be weaker, but Tropical Storm Irma has left a lot of cleanup for Florida. Right now, the storm's prompting flash flood warnings in Charleston, South Carolina. But south of there, Bloomberg News reporter Nathan Crooks in Miami says recovery could take a while. About 72 percent of Miami is without power right now. The the utility uh, companies, they, they do have and they're activating it. Um, they're going to start with essential services and then move to things like grocery stores and gas stations and then uh, go from there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it stays and not not weeks, uh, but, you know, we still have to wait and see. They've not given any time frame yet. Crooks was on Bloomberg television. President Trump is facing a new legal challenge over his decision to end DACA. That's the program that keeps young immigrants who are brought here illegally as children from being deported. California's Attorney General Javier Becerra has uh, filed a lawsuit that makes similar arguments to one filed last week by 15 states and the District of Columbia. Becerra told the Associated Press last week California would file its own case because one in four DACA recipients lives there. Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy has issued a temporary order that allows the Trump administration to maintain its restrictive policy on refugees for now. The order is in response to a Justice Department request for the high court to block a lower court ruling that could allow up to 24,000 refugees to enter the United States if a resettlement agency has agreed to take them in. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.